Moving from the excitement of the college basketball players that are now NBA players, congratulations to all of them. It's a big achievement for sure. Uh, we're going to talk college football now, which has been going on for a while. Obviously, every week prevents, presents new challenges and new COVID cancellations. And I mean, some teams are going to play four damn games. So that's so hard. I feel so bad for Utah, for example. I mean, they their season's over. But, uh, you know, it it, it, it is... Uh, Still you know, hey, from going from not thinking you were going to have a season to having a little something, you know, it, maybe something, maybe nothing's better or something's better than nothing. Yeah, sure. I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. I don't, you know, I mean, no. optimistic view on it. Yeah, there you go. Matt, the eternal optimist. Uh, so, right. But like still has to be so tough. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely unprecedented. So hopefully everybody is keeping in good spirits. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we got some exciting games this weekend, some rivalry games, a couple Big Ten clashes that who could have foreseen being big uh, in the past. So let's just go through them. Matt, why don't you take us first with a rivalry game in the Southwest? Yes, it is the big Oklahoma. It's Bedlam in Oklahoma. The Sooners against the Cowboys. 15% yawn. That number represents the winning percentage for Oklahoma State in the Bedlam series. So I we may have to to re, you know, check if this is really a rivalry because Oklahoma's won 89 games, the Sooners uh the Cowboys have won 18. In the last 15 Oklahoma's or in the last 17 Oklahoma's won 15, Oklahoma State's won 2. I mean this this has not been a rivalry by any sense of the world. It started in 1904 and for the last 116 years Oklahoma has kicked Okie State's ass. But the Cowboys, they're in position to win their second conference title in the last 40 years. They're like a half game, I think, technically behind Iowa State. Them and them and the clones are the only ones with one loss in the Big 12. Oklahoma, of course, two early conference losses to K-State and and, and Iowa State. We're, we're figuring out early with the new freshman quarterback, Spencer, Spencer Rattler. So when you look at this thing, it feels like this this should be the you know the the year. That, that Oklahoma State wins this. You got Chuba Hubbard. You've got more of the veteran team. You've got the team that really just looks better. But Rattler and that offense for Oklahoma have looked completely different since the quadruple overtime victory in the Red River shootout. That went over Texas. It, it, it just changed something for this team and, and for that quarterback. And like I said, this is their game. Like th- this, isn't a, this isn't one of those games where it's like, throw out the record books. You don't know who's going to win. No. When this game's played, Oklahoma wins, and they're going to do it again. And that's going to give Iowa State sole possession of the Big 12 and have a great chance to make the Big 12 championship game. So Sooners win again in Bedlam. We love that. Because you know what it reminds me of, Matt? It reminds me of the Pats-Jets rivalry. Like, can we call that a rivalry? No. Is it a rivalry? Sure. Uh, Did the Pats have a bad season? No. Does that mean they're going to lose against the Jets? No. (laughs) Like, that's, that's just how this game goes. And it has gone for a long time. So... Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously... This one is probably even worse. Like, which is I don't ridiculous. think I've ever seen a rivalry. Like, because, yeah, the Jets... Like, Patriots have dominated Jets recently, but Patriots sucked for 30 years before that. I've never seen a, a rivalry that's this old that just... Like, they've dominated for 116 years. Right, that's... That's not a rivalry. That rivalry should be put to bed. It's You've had enough times. You, you just didn't have... It didn't happen... We're moving you somewhere else. No, but I mean, it has Chuba Hubbard, to be the worst like percentage in in rivalry game history. Like it, it has to. I'm it gonna, it I'm might be. Find out for everyone. Be, but like fifty, Oklahoma wins eighty five percent of the time. That yeah, that's that's dig- a, that's an A. That's an A with the curve. That's an A with the curve. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's also like. OK, State's won, but the Reigns all haven't been convincing. And and Chuba Hubbard has not been as dominant as one would have thought. Like, yeah, he's averaging over 100 yards a game. But like we all know in college, when you have a really good running back, that's that's the that's the minimum. Like you should be having those crazy, crazy games. He only has five touchdowns in five games, so he's not getting a pay dirt. And if he's not getting pay dirt, who is for OK State? You know, I I, I think Spencer Rattler with 18 throwing touchdowns this year, I, I just think that he is going to really show up in this one like he did in the Red River Derby. So I, I, I think that I agree. Oklahoma owns this one, even if they had that rough start and are not necessarily in the in the uh, ranking position above OK State like they usually are. Um, Yannick, I just looked it up because I, I had to compare it. Even the, Jet, the Jets Patriots – 
It's 68 to 54 Patriots lead all time. That's a 44 win percentage by the Jets. That's fair. Oklahoma wow. State, 15%. Like it's insane. Right. I mean, yeah, and because the Jets were good at one point. Apparently, OK State has just never, ever, 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 ever been good. So oh, when they're good, boy. Oklahoma's better at least. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, but let's go to another game. Uh, I, I, you know, we got a, a interesting one, Wisconsin versus Northwestern before this season, you thought Wisconsin second best team in the big 10 Northwestern, you know, they got a good coach. They're up and coming, but you know, Wisconsin goes into this ranked 10th and Northwestern ranked 19th. So it is a ranked battle in the big 10 of two teams. Obviously Northwestern, they win dirty. They play hard. You know, will that be enough against, against Wisconsin, against Graham Mertz? I, 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 and Wisconsin, they, they've they played really well in the games they've played. Obviously, they've had a rough start to the season. So we're really still not sure just how how close to Ohio State they are. You know, like, are they as closer to Ohio State or are they closer to Indiana? You know, it, it's kind of hard to determine after just like a, a relatively low uh, pool of games to judge from. But as, as much as Northwestern's played really well, and I think their coach will keep them in it, I just think that Wisconsin has too much talent. I think it'll be closer than people think. Uh, but And it'll be a gross game, don't get me wrong. Like Northwestern, when they they, they play in games, it's always a gross game, I think. Uh, but I think Graham Mertz will shine in this game and prove that the Badgers are, you know, the second best team in the Big Ten. I think the spread is is seven seven and a half right now uh, for Wisconsin. So if I was betting... I'd say that they cover that, you know, win by 10. Uh, but yeah, I think it'll be closer than one would have expected before the season. And that in itself is an accomplishment for Northwestern and something to be said about their season. But yeah, Wisconsin, Northwestern, what do we think? Yeah, I mean, I do, Northwestern, great defense. Um, and, and certainly have been off to a good start. Wish they were three and one. But um, it, it's uh-huh. two teams that both have really good defenses. And I think it's... it. it I would be surprised if the Wisconsin offense can't make more plays than, than the Northwestern offense. We know what the Northwestern offense is. Uh, and I think Graham Metz just adds a, a different element to Wisconsin's offense. That's been, you know, pretty safe the last two decades. Um, and then he adds, you know, it's kind of like the, the one Russell Wilson year where he adds a little bit more of a dynamic passing game to there. So I just think Wisconsin's offense is, is able to make a few more plays than the Northwestern offense in a battle of, of really good defensive teams. Yeah, love it, love it. We love a defensive Big Ten battle. That's what it's all about. For baby. Iowa, dude, for Iowa too, I think we need Wisconsin to win because we need we need Northwestern to get three losses now. And um you know, we'll we'll take care of Wisconsin. There you go. We'll 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 take care of Graham. We'll show Graham where he belongs. And then we'll go but, in the Big Ten. So Oh boy, don't even start with me. Don't even start right now. Give me the next game. <laughs> Cincinnati and the University of Central Florida, probably the best offense in the AAC, battling the best defense, one of the best defenses really in the nation. I've talked pretty incessantly about how much I love the Bearcats defense. So close to an unblemished campaign for them. After this, only two more games, and it's two easier opponents. This is is certainly kind of the last big test for Cincinnati, trying to be the first AAC AAC team to go undefeated since, of course, the Knights did it in 2017. I, I like Cincinnati's offense, and and certainly Central Florida's defense isn't much to talk about. So the big you know discussion is is the the Cincy defense against Dylan Gabriel, and I'm I'm gonna go with Dylan Gabriel. I think he's gonna be able to make a few more late plays, get UCF the win, and spoil Cincinnati's undefeated season. Yeah, I like that pick. I mean, I think it's a big test for Cincy. You know, we talked about it. I think they do well in it. I don't think that they get torched or anything, but. The truth is, like Dylan Gabriel's playing phenomenally, and and more important than his twenty three touchdowns that he has this season, he's only thrown two picks. You know what that says? That he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And since his defense, you know, they're really good. But I think what they're really good at is 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 taking advantage of your mistakes. So I think that Dylan Gabriel won't make enough mistakes for Cincy to really win this one out with their with their offense. So I agree. I think UCF, you know spoils an undefeated season for Cincinnati, but I think it's close for sure. I think it's going to, it's close. And, and yeah, I mean, Dylan Gabriel, whew, good, good, good player. I mean, he's one to watch. UCF's just reeled out some solid quarterbacks the last few years. It's, it's a good offense. And I think, yeah, I just think he, when you've got a, a quarterback like that, that can just make those plays. I mean, cause since he is such a stout, just smart defense, but most of the time when it, when I, you know, I choose, 
good quarterback play over good defense in, in a slight margin. There you go. There you go. Oh, that is the Matt Sage wisdom uh, for that game. Uh, let's move on to the Pac-12 USC versus Utah. I have a question, Matt. Can USC play a game that isn't super dramatic? I don't think they can. I hope not. I hope. I, I hope have. they. I hope they keep having to have Keaton, Keaton Slovis just throw them back in the fourth quarter because it's so much fun to watch. It is so much fun to watch. It is definitely one of the best teams to watch, not because they're the best team, just because the game is so damn close all the time. But, I mean, they are 2-0. and Both are close, shaky games. They could have lost both easily. Uh, and, and Utah, you know, what do we expect from the Utes? It's their first game after their UCLA and Arizona games were canceled. You know that they're going to come in this being like, we got four games, let's let's get Kevin Slovis, you know, right right from the – right from the start. So, you know, there's definitely going to be a spark in it. And I think it's going to be another close one for USC. But at the end of the day, we don't really know what to expect from the Utes at this point. You know, the season's half canceled. I think that definitely takes a toll. I think look for USC just on the back that they've had two games to kind of figure themselves out a little bit more. They win. Still close. There's a three-point spread, and I think that's fair. I think they cover the three-point spread barely. You know, and and I think we see another vintage Slovis performance. You know, he he was had a kind of an off day, not an off off day uh, in the last game, but he you know he didn't play as as well as I think he would have liked to. So I think that uh, you see him kind of come back with a vengeance in this one. Yeah, I mean they're they're keeping you on on the toes. It's it will be you know sort of a tough test for for Utah having their first game, but I I don't know if it's quite the advantage like we saw that in the Boise. Um, BYU game where like BYU had played seven games as opposed to Boise's two. I think USC is still early on in the season where they don't have a huge advantage. I worry about USC in this game because Kyle Whittingham, he's too damn good of a coach for for his teams to collapse like the Arizona's teams did. If, if Utah gets a lead, it's going to be a lot harder for Slovis to throw them back. Um, I, I think Slovis will get it done, but but Utah like USC can't play like they did the first two weeks and win this game because even though we don't know anything about this Utah team. We know enough about the Utah program that Whittingham's going to have a defense that's strong and a team that's disciplined and gets it done. So USC will certainly have to play a little sharper this weekend in Utah. There you go. You heard it from Matt. Utah coming to coming to wreck USC as they as they have some shaky games down the stretch. Okay, let's go to the Hawkeyes. The Hawkeyes, Iowa versus Penn State. This was supposed to be such a big game. This was supposed to be such a big game. It's still going to be because it's Penn State and we're we're out for revenge. But uh, you know, it, it it it's an interesting one. Iowa started off atrocious. They they played two great games. They're back at two and two. Penn State, meanwhile, are zero and four. They've looked atrocious on both sides of the ball. I mean, Dotson's looked fine at the wide receiver position, but otherwise, just an awful awful start for for that P, uh, PSU team. You know, meanwhile, Iowa, I think, that, like, you know, they're back to their roots. They they understand what they're doing. You know, Spencer Petrus isn't trying to throw them into games, which I think is a good thing. I think that that is beneficial for everyone. Not that he can't, but I just don't think that's how this team can operate. He's young. It's like, yeah, that's right. He's like, the guy didn't have an offseason. Why, Brian France, are you making him try and throw you into wins? Exactly. That's exactly what I mean. Like, that's just not how we're going to win this year. So I think that, uh, you know, it, you know, Penn State was supposed to be the team that, you know, can we get a win against them? Can we prove ourselves against them? And instead, I think we're going to beat them. That's what I'll say. I think we're going to beat them. We're going to get a winning record. I think we go back to our roots again. I think it's close because it's Penn State, Iowa. There's some bad blood there for sure. Uh, But I think we win by a field goal. And, you know, they suck, but it's still some sweet, sweet revenge. Yeah, dude, like you said it. This is just like such a weird game and and like – because beginning of the season, it, like you said, it, this was probably Iowa's biggest game. I remember actually right before I got my plane ticket, like before I, I got it, I was like, oh, I, maybe I should go home like the Friday before or try and get home early because I want to watch the Iowa-Penn State game. And then we had the first two weeks of the season where Iowa went 0-2 and Penn State went 0-2 as well, but they lost in overtime to Indiana and, Ohio, and to Ohio State. So it was kind of a big upset and a team that we didn't expect Penn State to win. So both teams sitting at 0-2, I remember I was like, well, I don't care about that game. Penn State's going to blow us out. We're not good. Two weeks later, now they're 0-4, and and we've been able to turn the corner. So I I agree. I think we're going to get this win. Penn State just has a ton of quarterback issues. I I really can't believe how how much Sean Clifford has struggled under center for them. Uh, Usually for a a James Franklin 
coach team. They, they have the quarterback position especially figured out. That is not the case. No Micah Parsons on defense. I agree with you. We, we get back to the Iowa game, which is running the ball and playing defense. This, this defense is a turnover-happy defense. Jack Kerner, Riley Moss, these guys are getting their hands on all sorts of balls. So Hawks win in, in Happy Valley. And like you said, it, it doesn't matter if this makes them 0-5 or not. You go into Happy Valley and win, it's always nice. Yeah, and we deserve it. We deserve it, damn it. We deserve some happiness in Happy Valley. All right, so uh, ah. that was completely accidental. I'm not going to lie. That that was uh, that was a good one. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. I am patting myself on the back. Well, that, that good. Oh, Maybe boy. Like one pat. All right, Matthew. I'm telling you at the beginning of the season, if I'm saying, all right, a couple weeks into the season, Ohio State is going to be ranked three. You're like, that's fair. You got Clemson, Alabama. That's a fair ranking. And I'm saying they're going to have a big game against another Big Ten team that's ranked number nine. You probably guess Michigan. Michigan State, maybe, if they have a crazy season. Wisconsin. Penn State. Penn State. You know, Iowa even before. But no, it's Indiana, the Hoosiers. They're undefeated. They come into this one as uh, having the same winning percentage as Ohio State. So, you know, props to them. It's the biggest game, I think, of the weekend. It's nine versus three. They're both undefeated. Can the Hoosiers really do it? Can they Can they provide any kind of resistance to Justin Fields and the Buckeyes? Say it with me, Matthew. Absolutely no. not. <laughs> no, I, they can't. I, did I like? I love this game because, like, I think everybody, like, I think we're all excited for Indiana and and to like to be in this matchup to have a good team. Like, I, I don't think any Big Ten or even football fan is like, oh damn, Indiana's good. Like, they've never been good, so it's nice to see them be good. But no, they they don't have a chance, and like, it can. It looks like a big game because it's nine against three and it's two undefeated teams in in college football, but it's not a big game. I mean, Ohio State's favored by 20 and a half points. They're going to win. Justin Fields has been absolutely unstoppable. 11 touchdowns, no interceptions, 86.7 completion percentage. Absolutely ridiculous. I think Indiana Indiana has a chance to beat that 20-point spread. But they're not going to challenge Ohio State. Ohio State's going to dominate Indiana. And uh, it's still going to be a great season for Indiana. But Ohio State's just heads, head and shoulders above the entire Big Ten. Uh, I think even Wisconsin. So, no, Indiana, I, I don't give you a chance. But I'm glad you get to be in a top ten matchup. You know, that's that's still cool. The Hoosiers, that's good. I, I'm sure they'll take it. And, you know, of course, Michael Phoenix Jr. has been great. And it's been a good story. And that, you know, the Indiana defense has been pretty solid too. But you're right. OSU is just a different caliber. And Indiana hasn't seen anyone even remarkably in the same league as them. The line's 20 and a half. I'm going to – what the biggest, the biggest uh, you know, kind of compliment I can give to Indiana is I think they cover the spread. That's the biggest compliment I can give them. I think it'll be an 18-point blowout instead of a 20-point blowout. So, I, I you know, that's what I'll give them. Uh, but you're right. Justin Fields, you said it, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. He's missed nine passes in three games. He's missed nine passes. I mean, you know what Justin Fields wants, Matt? He wants that Heisman. Trevor Lawrence is, has dropped to three in the standings. He's out. He, he was out in important games for Clemson. And now he, he wants that Heisman. He wants that Heisman. So give it to him and he's going to get it. So I, I think that you know, he just puts another check in the book here, you know, shows that Indiana is this nice story, but not a competitor uh, in the sense of the word that Ohio State are. And yeah, I mean, biggest game of the weekend, maybe, but not a big game in terms of if you really look at it. It's a 20 and a half point. That's yeah, like it's the a 20 point spread. Like, you're like, oh, big game. It's a top 10 matchup. I'm like, yeah, a top 10 matchup where they think one of the teams will win by three touchdowns. So. I, I guess I guess if that's an exciting matchup uh, for you, fair, but yeah. yeah, that's what I get excited by. Sure things. That's my that's my, that's my excitement level. Uh, yeah, but as you know, another another weekend of college football. I think you'll you'll stand with me in agreeing here. Any weekend of college football that we get, we will savor with everything going on. So excited to watch. Excited to watch the Hawks. Hopefully you know, break the 500 mark for the first time this season. Uh, it, it was a hard start, but we're, it looked like we're on the right track. 
Speaking of getting back on track, we're going up the track from the college football to the professionals. It's NFL pick time, Matthew, our favorite time of the week, I would say. Uh, do you have I, I, I wasn't I wasn't you're, you've been kind of holding the picks for the most part. Uh, do you have any idea of how we did last week? We we both went four and three, so it was it was a better, wow. a better week. Yeah, we did we did we did decent. So you're twenty one and twenty two now. I'm twenty five and eighteen, getting closer to to over five hundred. But yeah, uh, we were both five hundred or over five hundred last week. So we'll take it. We're over five hundred. No, it's great. I'm uh, <laughs> much better right. than that one and six, two and five week we had. Yeah, that was uh, that was a rough one, but you know what? You can't always be perfect, and this podcast is actually, in fact, about not being perfect. It's about us just talking out of our butts. Anyway, so let's uh, go over some picks for the weekend. We got some interesting games. Why don't you start us off with whatever game you'd like to cover first? Oh man, so tough. I'll go with you know I'll go with KC Raiders uh, Chiefs. Going into Vegas, they are favored by eight points. KC finally getting a chance at revenge against their division rival, the only team, of course, that has been able to beat them in this defending Super Bowl season. I really do like this Raiders team. I think they got a great chance to make the playoffs, and and hopefully with fans in the seat next year, Vegas and and Gruden will continue to kind of head in that right direction. Um, I think think we were all getting worried. It was like, God damn, we want Gruden and the Raiders to work out. And and this year was kind of a big one. It does seem like like they are kind of going in the right direction. But, of course – that right direction that they're trying to go to, K- KC is is there. They're they're on top of the mountaintop, so to speak. Uh, I, I think they want some revenge in this one. That they want to kind of sort of unblemish that 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 loss. So I think KC rolls easily covers the eight point spread uh, in Vegas. Yeah, love that. You know, I think the Raiders are on the right track. But for everyone that's expecting the Raiders to like have a statement game and sweep the Chiefs, I just think Patrick Mahomes is not going to let that happen. So Agreed. I. I I won't pick against him. You can't make me. You can't make me. All right. You can't make me. You can't make me. I'm going to go to a the Bengals against the Washington football team. Oh, two teams that have two wins. So, uh, you know, these uh, it, it's two teams that both of them have, you know, terrible records, but both of them have things to look forward to. You know, the Washington's still in the hunt in the NFC East somehow. And uh, the Bengals have Joe Burrow, who's been throwing real well. You know, last last game wasn't his best, but, you know, for the most part, he's been throwing like like a seasoned uh, quarterback, not just like a rookie. Uh, Washington's currently favored by one and a half, so it's very close. They're both coming off of uh, two-plus game losses uh, in a row. Uh, the big story for Washington last week, obviously, Alex Smith impressing in his debut, throwing for almost 400 yards. But Burrow has been impressing all season. Who can win this uh, battle of the quarterbacks? You know, the, the Bengals are are out of it. Like I said, Washington's still firmly in the hunt in the NFC East. So I, I think that kind of makes the difference. I think Washington has more to lose if they lose this game. So I think uh, it'll be an interesting uh, throwing battle between Alex Smith and Joe Burrow. I think Washington also has a better defense than the Bengals. So I think for those reasons, I am going with Washington I think they win by a field goal and cover the one and a half point spread. It's a, a battle of the top two picks, Joe Burrow against Chase Young. And this one is actually like most of the time we say that it's like it's a battle of the quarterbacks. I'm like, well, they're not, they don't actually compete. They're never on the field together. This is a battle of top two p- picks. Well, they will be battling all day. Uh, Chase Young will certainly be trying to get his hands on Joe Burrow. Should be a fun one. Both, both young teams trying to kind of just build to the right direction. Uh, so excited for that one. I'm going to go Eagles Browns here. I'll, I'll stick with another lonely NFC East team. I, I think, I think we're going to be mentioning the NFC East teams being in contention literally until the last week, because these, none of these teams like to win enough. So they'll probably, the Cowboys will be in the division race week 17. Uh, Browns are favored by three in this one. If you're the Browns, this is absolutely a must win. You are the opponent wise. You should beat them when you're at home. And, you know, sitting behind Pittsburgh and Baltimore, they're not going to win the division, but they are in a really good position to make the playoffs in, in a tightly contested wildcard battle. So Philly, you know, had a couple wins against bad teams in the Giants and the Cowboys, and then they go and they lose to the Giants. Like, this isn't a good team. You got Miles Garrett on that line, and, and Miles Garrett opposite of Carson Wentz just sounds like trouble for Philadelphia. So I, I think Cleveland wins by 10, covering that three-point spread. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that that's a great pick. And I think that uh, 
Yeah, I mean, the Browns are in great position. They have nothing to worry about. They've had some ugly games, but they're still firmly in it, especially with a lot of the other AFC East teams not knowing what they're doing. <laughs> Patriots. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I love that pick, and I don't trust the Eagles as far as I can throw them. Hell nah. Hell nah. Well, you know what? Let's get all, all of our NFC East talk out of the way. The Cowboys Just versus- get it out. Yeah, the Cowboys versus the Vikings. You mentioned them. They're going to be in contention, but they suck. Uh, Minnesota's only favored by seven points against them, but I think that's more because Andy Dalton's coming back. So I, I guess that's fair. You know, you know, I think Andy Dalton presents a b- bigger challenge than Garrett Gilbert or than Ben DiNucci. So, I, you know, I think the Vikings are just still far too good for this Cowboys team. You know, I think they probably win by at least 10. I think look for Dalvin Cook to have another big game. If the Cowboys, though, can get some play action going, if they use Zeke more and and let Andy Dalton kind of be a game manager rather than the person who needs to win them the game, you know, I think they could, you know, surprise some people. They're not going to win, but I think it could be closer than people expect, especially with how bad the Cowboys have been. Uh, They just have to, you know, use their best player more. Are you joking me? Like, come on. You have not. You don't have Dak anymore. What are you doing? Just give the ball to Zeke 30 times a game. That's all you can do. I agree. Yeah. I mean, like you still got, you still have weapons and like Andy Dalton is, is a serviceable enough quarterback where, yeah, this game probably not in it, but like we were just saying with the NFC East, with those weapons, with the veteran quarterback that Andy Dalton is like, they kind of still are in the race, no matter how horrible their defense is. So meanwhile, the Vikings like are certain started horrible. I I can't remember exactly what this Oh, and three, one and three, one and one and five. And now I think there's no way they don't make the playoffs. They're four and five now, but they got the Cowboys this weekend. They get the Panthers and the Jags at home the two weekends after that. Like the Vikings are sitting very, very well. Um, and kind of, which is more what we expected from them. Like I, when they were one and five, that right. was, that was my biggest, like Texans started slow too, but I think Minnesota was, was easily the biggest surprise. Um, For but sure. you know, it was a and team that lost a lot from last year too, defensively and losing Stefan Diggs. So certainly things to figure out. And it, it seems like they, they kind of are now. Right. And also like, let's just be completely honest. Kirk cousins on the other side is not that much better than Andy Dalton. So like the Cowboys have a way to get forward. They have a great running back and let's just be honest. It's not that much better. Like he's uh, better. He's, he's, but- he's, he's better. He's a lot better. I mean, Andy Dalton was pretty bad in those last few years in Cincinnati at Andy Dalton's peak. I'd probably agree with you, but Andy Dalton is, he, he not great, but neither is, I mean, cousins is, that's what cousins I'm saying. Are, cousins are weirdo. I mean, I would I'd rather take cousins over Dalton every time. For sure. But. For sure. But I I just don't I question how much better. Uh, definitely better, but how much he, better. But it, but it, Kirk Cousins gets to go up against the Dallas defense as opposed to the Minnesota right. defense. Right. So that there. sometimes that is the the real key, not so much what the quarterback can do, but but who they're throwing it against. Jan, I'm going to go over to the Steelers, Jaguars. The Jake Luton-led Jags have taken down a seven-point spread against the Texans and a 13-and-a-half-point spread against the Packers the last two weeks. This weekend, they are uh, favored or supposed to lose by 10. Steelers are favored by 10. Can the Jaguars upset a spread again? Of course, they didn't win either of those games. But, hey, you know, you got to take your wins where you can get them. I kind of think that I, I I mean I think the Steelers were, are easily going to get ten points here. I, I think the Steelers' defense is is significantly better than than the Texans, and I think better than the Packers. Certainly, just with the way they blitz and stuff. Like uh, this young rookie quarterback, Luton's going to be seeing blitz packages that he could only come up with in his nightmares. I think it's a turnover heavy day for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, and and they fly by the Jags. Yeah, I, I guess my only question is right: the Steelers players are exhausted. Like, they got a week four bye that really messed them up. And I think that, you know, kind of like we saw with the Bills do against the Jets, you know, I think that they will go into this game knowing that they can rest some of their players. I'm not saying that they're not going to play, and I'm not going to say that they're, like, going to do poorly. But I I could see the Jags taking down another spread simply because the offense of Pittsburgh doesn't doesn't go out there, you know, flying their bodies all over the place. Uh, So that's the one thing I would have is, like, how seriously – to the Steelers That's why I think the defense is going to be getting so many points. Like I, right. I think the Steelers D is going to get two touchdowns. Like I don't, I don't think the Steelers offense needs to be good. There you go. The defense is going to be like, oh, but we're blowing them out. Like you guys can go home. We're going to blow them out. Right? Yeah. That like I, I think that's going to be the case. And they got they they didn't have that scare against the Cowboys. That maybe I would I would kind of see that. But 
Luton, Luton's just running on borrowed time. Like this rookie is playing far too well these last two games, and it, it like Minshew, right. eventually it'll stop. Right. It's been fun to watch, but the time has come. Uh, I'm going to move over to the Lions against the Panthers, two big cat teams playing each other. Right now, the Panthers are favored by one and a half. It's another close uh, kind of scoring line. Uh, You know, the Lions, they had a good game last week. Matthew Stafford played really well. The Panthers, on the other hand, you know, they just, without Christian McCaffrey, you just can't really have a lot of faith in them. You saw what Christian McCaffrey did for them when he was there, you know, what they could do with the Chiefs when he was there. And yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is great to watch, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, but they just don't have all the pieces yet. Bridgewater is supposed to be out this weekend as well. Right, exactly, which is what I was about to bring up. They don't have CMC. They're not going to have Teddy Bridgewater. So really, you know, how much faith can you have in this team, even against the Lions team that I think they could be? I think Matt Rule is good enough to coach them past the Lions, but I, I just think that they have too many options out. I Honestly, Teddy Bridgewater's injury is going to be interesting because I think that there's two good quarterbacks behind him. I'm not saying they're better than Teddy Bridgewater, but they're interesting quarterbacks. You got Will Greer, obviously, uh, the, you know, quarterback uh, boy yeah exactly so he's real good Ooh, i hate with Greer. yeah grace but i mean he's he's a he's i think he's a you good think he's good passer. i think he's a good pocket passer i think he is oh, i think he is i don't know we I might think, be looking at different tape yon i mean i think i think that he could do well i'm not saying that he's a great quarterback and i'm just saying like i think he's an interesting one to watch if he gets that if he gets that starting nod and i also think that pj washington did amazing in the xfl last year and he he could also win that backup. Dude, I hope he gets the uh, so and bad. He's got some firepower. Oh, me too. It's gonna be fun to watch. Then he's gonna be throwing bombs to DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson all game. He's second string. He's second string, so he should. I think I, I think he'll he should get the start. And and he's right. He played played under rule at Temple. Like I, I hope they play PJ. I think PJ Walker gives him a chance to win. I don't. Yeah, think I agree. Greer does. Yeah, PJ Walker. I, I think I think so too. I believe so. I think that's the best way to for the win. However, Matthew Stafford's coming off one hell of a game. Uh, kind of questions as to whether DeAndre Swift starts because he's in concussion protocol. So that's something to watch. But if he does, you know, they finally turned to him as their third, you know, three down back, and and he delivered in that in in day one of him being the three down back, uh, which I think everybody was waiting for. Obviously, it was hard because Adrian Peterson was still performing at a decent level. But yeah, I think that them turning to Swift and Matthew Stafford playing well is enough to get the Lions uh, past the Panthers. I also think the Lions, you know, they have they have a lot to go with. You know, they 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 need to stay competitive with the Vikings and and they can even stay competitive with the Bears. Their record is not as bad as the Panthers. Meanwhile, the Panthers are basically out of it. They can't win their division. They're not going to win the wild card spot. There's too many good teams in the NFC. And and my, I question whether we see Christian McCaffrey again this season. I don't think we should. I think that it's probably time to shut him down. You know, it was a good game to have, but you know, you don't need to put him out there. Just just let the let Matt Rule do what he can with what he has and not force the issue. But yeah, I see the Lions upsetting, I guess, the spread on this one. It's gonna be a close game, but I see another Matt Prater field goal win for Detroit. <laughs> Wait, so the Lions not the Lions getting covering the spread, right? Yeah, the okay, Lions okay. upsetting, not, not, upsetting this. Yeah, that's no, what yeah, not upsetting it, the spread, <laughs> covering the, the pan- spread, getting the spread done, because the Lions are no. favored by a point and a half. Oh, I thought the Panthers were favored. That's why I was saying that. No, no, li- oh, oh, like there you go. The Lions there are favored. Yeah, yeah, okay, probably, so probably because Lions- I think because of the the Bridgewater news. Okay, perfect. So maybe when I checked, it was different, but I I could have misread it as well. Lions favored by one and a half. They cover the spread with a field goal win. Got you. I, you know, I forgot Will Greer had that year in West Virginia where he he actually That's did. What I was, he he, yeah. he throwed decently. I'm still not a Greer guy, but I love I love PJ Washington and I, I I love the Panthers, man. I the fact that they're three and six is just incredible. I wish Bridgewater was in this game because they would beat the Lions. I think they still have a chance because the Lions are piss poor. Matt Patricia might as well start getting ready to go back to be a, a New England assistant coach. But I, I do think without Bridgewater, the, the Lions and Stafford will probably. Probably take this one. I'll stay in the NFC North. I'll stay with my boys. We we go to Indianapolis this week. The Colts are favored by a point and a half. Certainly a scary game for the pack. Uh, the Colts, you know, probably coming off their biggest win of the, the year with the win against Tennessee, now leading the AFC South. The Packers looked solid, you know, this year. I think they've looked better in, in the nine games this year than a lot of people thought we looked, you know, in the 16 games of last year. I think 
Green Bay looks far more like a contender this year than than last year. But going up against maybe the best defense in the NFL, that Indy's defense is gonna, you know, they'll keep them in basically any game, even though Rivers has been disappointing. He did play great against the Titans. I think Aaron Rodgers is able to make more plays against that defense than Ryan Tannehill. I, I you know, I, I, that's just one guy's opinion, but but I think Aaron Rodgers is a little bit of a better quarterback than Mr. Tannehill, as much as I like him. And I think the Packers defense, I don't see Phillip Rivers having another. That, that was his best game of the year. First time he threw over 300 yards for him. And and I don't really see a, a replication of that happening. So Packers upset the Colts and they cover or they get the win. So I don't know how much they win by, but they win. And uh, yeah, get it done in Indy. Yeah, I agree. I think the Green Bay defense has looked a little better in, in recent weeks. And I also think that'll, that'll provide uh, some some issues for Philip Rivers, and I just don't see Aaron Rodgers being stifled so much that he can't do anything to get the win. And you know he needs the win in an increasingly competitive NFC, so you know he wants to go for it. And he's been playing out of his mind. So yeah, I agree. I, I'd say he's a little bit better. I'd say he's a little bit better. Yeah, you know, just just, just a, by an inch or so. Pipped him to it just by a little bit. I don't think that's uh, any negative talk to Ryan Tannehill to say you're not as good as Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback position. That's, you know, I don't think you need to be uh, feel any worry uh, by that critique. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I on, I agree. That's uh, that's not that's not the worst thing to have said about you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. I wish that was said about me. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, just slightly better than Yannick. A little better. Just a little better. <laughs> oh, in my dreams. Let's go to the Jets versus the Chargers. Uh, you know, Chargers got two wins, a lot of losses, comeback losses that are disappointing for that team. Anthony Lynn probably beating his head against the wall, uh, you know, but the Jets are 0-9 and, and uh, the Chargers are favored by eight and a half points. So uh, Justin Herbert has a new haircut and all I'll say is it's a new haircut and a new day. And I think Justin Herbert just absolutely torches that Jets secondary after kind of a bad day at the office last week. I think they win by 10 points. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means, uh, but I do think they win comfortably by 10 points. I'll think it'd be closer than it might be otherwise because the Jets did have the bye, so they had some time to like recoup and, and figure out how to not go 0-16. Um, but uh, spoiler alert, they are 0-10 this time next week. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I mean, this probably represents one of one of the best chances for the Jets to find a win here before the end of the year. Herbert kind of, you know, started started pretty hot and has kind of cooled down a little bit, kind of, you know, had his his rookie kind of hot streak to begin with and now has, has come back down to earth. Still a good quarterback, but learning the league. So I, I, I'm not going to pick the Jets to win, but I think the Jets have. I, I think you're right. I think they've got a legitimate chance to win this game. Like Herbert's still a rookie quarterback and the Dodge, and the Chargers are not, you know, a great team. So this is as good a chance of any for the Jets, but not sure they'll get it done. Uh, Jan Falcons and the Saints. Saints are favored by five. We already talked about Teddy Bridgewater being out this week. Drew Brees, of course, will be out probably three to four weeks. Um, optimistically, he'd be back in like three weeks, which means it's it's Jameis Winston time in New Orleans. He's, you know, he's, he's got the arm to win this game for them. Uh, and I, and I think Sean Payton's probably going to, you know, Sean Payton's a great offensive coach. I think he's going to make a, a good game plan for Jameis. He's not going to ask Jameis to do too much. And Jameis does, he has a stronger arm than Drew Brees at right, right now. So he does stretch the field for New Orleans. It makes him a little bit more of a dynamic offense, but he also turns the ball over constantly. And the guy has turned, I, I, he was so good in his Heisman winning year and even then kind of had a lot of turnovers. And then in his next year, just turnover crazy. And, and I don't remember a guy ever – you've seen good college football guys come – or college football quarterbacks come to the NFL and then become really turnover crazy. I've never seen a guy just be so turnover crazy his entire career. So Atlanta sucks, but I think Jameis is going to turn the ball over and I think he's going to let Atlanta stay in it. I think New Orleans gets the win because they still have a great defense. you got Alvin Kamara. You got, you know, other weapons to kind of use. But Jameis's turnovers and, and Matty Ice's arm keep the Falcons in it. Falcons cover the, the five-point spread. Yeah, I love that because the Falcons are an amazing team, regardless of what their record is. Their offense is ridiculous. So I think that they're always going to be in it, especially if you give their defense anything, which I think Jameis Winston will give them something. Maybe not a lot, but he'll give them something. So He can't not turn the ball over. Like, it's Jameis Winston. <laughs> Right, we'll all be waiting. We'll all be watching on Sunday, just like ah, ah, ah. 
There it is. <laughs> there it is. It's like watching Eli Manning in his last season. Like, when's the pick six? Where's the pick six? There's the pick six. Yeah, it's uh, it's a shame. But yeah, I mean, it's gonna be. It's good to see Jameis back in starting position and, and big, big time for him. You know, he, this is the opportunity he wanted. You know, can he prove to to either the Saints or another team that he is can be a starting quarterback again? It's gonna be interesting to see if he can prove that. Uh, for now, the jury is out, and you don't want a quarterback who threw thirty interceptions the last time he started. That's just the facts. <clears throat> Let's move on. To the Dolphins versus the Broncos. Dolphins six and three. What? They are right on the heels of the Bills. They've won five of the last five. They are hot. Tua is starting, looking decent. Broncos, meanwhile, have only won two of the last five. And let me tell you a couple of Miami's five wins. They got win against the Cardinals, the Rams, and the 49ers. They have been taking the quote-unquote best division in the league to the cleaners. So, I mean, they've been doing really, really well. You know, obviously, a lot of that in the early season was based on Ryan Fitzpatrick. But still, you know, really, really good. Uh, it's Tua versus Drew Locke, another interesting kind of young quarterback battle. Not as interesting as some other ones. But still, I think Drew Locke is one to watch uh, for the future. You know, I think Tua will have to throw more in this one with the Denver defense likely to bottle up the run game. And honestly, Miami doesn't have a decent running back. Like, they were using Miles Gaskin. He's on IR. They're using Salvin Ahmed, who's great. But, like... You know, only so much as like an un un like unremarkable prospect is, and so I think we might see like a real QB performance from Tua for the first time, like throwing maybe for over 200 yards for the first time in his NFL career. But I think the Dolphins' defense is going to absolutely torment Drew Locke like they did uh, in some previous games, and I think that uh, they will they will make it harder for Drew Locke than the Denver D will make for Tua. I envision a lot of field goals in this one, and the Dolphins win by six. Yeah, my dude, Miami's Miami's hot right now, and I think I I imagine Miami is gonna, you know, it's kind of like the Justin Herbert thing where they, they're kind of riding high, and two is kind of riding this, you know, beginners. It's sort of this beginners luck thing where you just kind of get thrown into it, and you're not thinking about it a lot. So I do think they'll cool down, but they're hot right now, and when you're hot, a, a team like Denver is a good team to play. So I. Normally, you would say, "Oh no, Denver will give them fits." I don't know. I not maybe not this iteration of the Broncos. Uh, big AFC matchup: the Titans and the Ravens, both sitting at six and three. Of course, a rematch of the big playoff upset of last year. Now, two teams that are kind of fighting for their lives in the playoffs. Uh, Tennessee now a part of the wild card race that the Colts have the AFC South lead. Of course, they're tied record six and three with the Colts. Not like the Colts are running away, but. A couple weeks ago, we, we did not think the Colts were even going to challenge Tennessee, and, and now here we are. Uh, I think, you know, Rabel, Tannehill, Titans, they're not going to give up, in. they're going to always have a ton of fight. They're always going to be a disciplined team. But the Ravens are the more talented team. It's hard for me to see Baltimore not in the playoffs, and, and I think they kind of need this win um, to, to stay on track. So I, I think the Titans, the, the spread for this one is five and a half in favor of Baltimore. I think the Titans cover that. I think it is a close one. But I do think Baltimore will will win in the end. But Titans cover the five and a half point spread. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's two teams that are kind of trying to solidify what they are. Your Ravens coming off a tough loss, still questions about their offense. Their defense is obviously phenomenal, and 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 Lamar is still Lamar. Uh, the Titans, you know, started so promisingly. Tannehill was in the MVP discussion. So was Derrick Henry. Both have had kind of on and off games uh, a couple of times. So what can they be? Can their defense be a little more elite? I think it's an important game for both of them. I think it really, really is. And I, I see the Ravens pulling it out as well. Uh, but yeah, Titans, Titans are going to make it close. No doubt about it. Titans are going to make it close, if not win. So I think that'll be an exciting AFC game to watch. Uh, I'll stay in the AFC. It is the New England Patriots versus the Houston Texans. Let me tell you something. New England Patriots fans riding high. Yours truly riding high after a great Sunday night win against the Baltimore Ravens. It was classic. It was a run-heavy offense, and we are happy to see it after an absolutely dreadful start. And I think they really found themselves. Like the Iowa Hawkeyes found themselves, the Pats found themselves, you know? J.C. Jackson got another interception last week, so I think they're in a good place. You know, the question is, can the Pats defense hold out Deshaun Watson? And the answer is yes. They held out Lamar Jackson. They can hold out Deshaun Watson. That's just like the truth of it. And I think the Pats, if they stick to what they're good at, 
they'll win this game pretty consistently and easily. I don't think the Texans have, you know, they, they still have Will Fuller and they still have some some weapons, but I just don't think that they present enough of a, a threat to the Pats defense in what they are bad at. So I think that Patriots are favored by two. They win by a touchdown. And also Drew Locke, uh, sorry, uh, I think that uh, Deshaun Watson is going to try to do too much because he has to. And uh, Bill Belichick is is really, really good at taking advantage of quarterbacks who try to do too much. So Pats win that one, cover the two-point spread, win by a touchdown. <laughs> and I just made a little gesture to Matt that was like, yeah! <laughs> You you Patriots fans are weird. If I had this shitty ass team after winning Super Bowls, I would not be nearly as happy as you are. But hey, I I pre I I applaud it because it's 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 nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm just happy. I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to be here. I, I'm just here so I don't get fined. That's 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 what it is. It's like, oh yeah, the Patriots have finally find themselves four and five, a six point win. We're gonna be at five hundred. Like we're going five hundred. Oh god. <laughs> We love it. We love the 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 fandom. It's uh it's doesn't make any sense and it's beautiful to behold. All right, let's go to the games of the week. Let's go to the games of the Two week. Two games of the week. Two games of the week. Yeah, they're both good. I can't so I believe you cover... did that. I this guy's insane. Well, I wanted to give us even games, so I picked the two best ones for me. Uh, Rams versus Bucks. It's an interesting one. Bucks are favored by four points. Tom Brady had that awful, awful game against the Saints two weeks ago. Great in his comeback game against the Panthers, while the Rams absolutely tortured Russell Wilson in their win over the Seahawks. Bucks D only allowing 100 yards game on the ground, so it looks like it's going to be a Jared Goff versus Tom Brady battle. You know, I, I don't know about you. I think I'm taking Tom Brady in that battle. Uh, just because of the weapons he has and the performances he's had. Mike Evans looked pretty good last week, and his reemergence could pave the way. Uh, you know, still, and what remains to be seen from Antonio Brown, Gronk's playing better. Yeah, I think this is probably the Bucks game. The Rams are doing great, but and they and their defense really did well against Russell Wilson, but we all know that, like, the Seahawks have a lot of flaws. So I think that had a lot more to do with the Seahawks' flaws than it did with uh, just how good the Rams are. So I, I think that the Bucks have the better chance to win this one. I think they covered the spread, winning by 10 points. Yeah, I mean, I I like the Rams, but we know what the Rams are. But, like, are they are they a real contender? I, I don't think so. I, like, I think they're a team that can always give teams fits because they can get a good running game with a strong defense. Uh, and and we know that Goff can take care of that play action, but this this one to me, I I I don't see the Rams really being in this one. I, like you said, I don't think Tom Brady's going to turn the ball over quite, as quite as much as Russell Wilson did. Uh, even though Tampa Bay hates running the ball, they still have a better running game than Seattle, and certainly a much much better defense. So I think Tampa takes this one pretty easily. Yeah, agreed, 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 agreed. Which takes us to. Tonight's game, which is my favorite game, it is a rematch of the Cardinals against the Seahawks. It's going to be a real good one. Seahawks are currently favored by three, but I mean, let's be honest, they shouldn't be. I don't know why. I I, I don't really understand that. We just had the the Hail Murray last week as Kyler Murray threw a Hail Mary to D-Hop, who was triple covered in the end zone to beat the Bills. Um, you know, I, I do think the Seahawks defense held up well against against the Rams offense you know they didn't like get blown out like we were expecting them to but it's against Jared Goff and an running back committee right like it's against Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson you know and Cam Akers who are three decent running backs they're not and none of them are stars they're not they didn't play Kyler Murray they didn't play DeAndre Hopkins they didn't perform against those kind of guys so you know I think Russell Wilson probably bounces back in this one and I think it's going to be an amazing shootout you know, NFC West duel to the death. And as I mean, look at the players, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Tyler Lockett, Dondre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Christian Kirk, Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, uh, Jamal Adams. I mean, what, what a fear. Tyron Matthew. Oh, sorry. Not anymore. That's that old roster. <laughs> uh, old roster. Patrick Peterson then. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just amazing, amazing players on both sides of the ball. Uh, I just think in the end, in a shootout game, the Cardinals' defense is better than the Seahawks' defense, and I think Kyler just pips the Seahawks to the victory. Cardinals win by one score. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it's another delicious battle between the minute, mobile gunslingers of the NFC West. Um, yeah, I think the – yeah, it's it's a battle of, like, the Cardinals now at the top of the NFC West, but 
they should be five and four. It was an incredible play by DeAndre Hopkins, but end of the day, they should have lost that game to Buffalo. So I, I don't think it's like clear that Arizona is is the best team. Like Seattle should probably still be on top of the, of this division, but it was one hell of a fucking catch. Uh, I don't think Seattle can can afford to lose this game. I, I just think the cracks have been shown. They've something that I've talked about from week one. While I, I mean, I loved what Russell was doing, but like this team had issues, and and they're showing through now more than ever. Obviously, they go six and four. It's not like actually the end of their season, but I just think mentally it would be such a big, big thing. So I think Russ gets it done tonight. They're playing in Seattle. He always plays a little better at home, fans or not. Um, so, yeah, I think Russ gets it done. I think Seattle wins this one. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, we'll see. I got Tyler Lockett, so I sure hope so. He is active. I am happy about it. And uh, it'll be an interesting and exciting for once Thursday night game. I feel like a lot of Thursday night games have been there, but uh, we've had some exciting ones lately. And this one definitely tops the cake on that. Let's go I, to some. I don't ex- like the Thursday night games. I think Thursday night games get a bad rap. It's Monday night football that sucks. The Jets have that, been on Monday night football like twice. That's fair. Monday night football is also disappointing. Monday night football is garbage. I like Sunday night football. That's what I like. It's the best. I like some. It's the best. It just is. It well, they're just... also smart with Sunday Night Football because they're like, if if the Sunday Night Football game is shitty a lot and there is another good game, so they're like, eh, we're going to make that the Sunday Night game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're like, we're not taking a loss on the Sunday night. Not on Sunday night. Nope. Not on Sunday night. Yeah. Okay, so some extra NFL questions that I thought we'd answer just to kind of get our gauge on what we think the, the divisions are. And we're going to kind of speed through the end of the podcast here as Yannick's got a rehearsal to get to. Uh, you know, there's a lot of division leaders. Yeah, here. we all got shit to do, Jan. Oh, I'm so sorry. I I believe we sped through the I last have to get one. To a rehearsal. I'm so okay. busy. Okay, you know what? I believe we sped through the last one for your reason. So let me speed through this one for mine. Yeah, I had to go watch a football game because football games are cool. I have commitments. I have commitments. <laughs> um. Yeah, that that was lame. You're right. I'm a nerd. Anyway, uh, let's talk yeah. about division leaders. Do you think uh, of the division leaders that are currently leading their respective divisions, which divisions do you think won't win their division? Yeah. I mean, much tougher question than, than when I kind of asked it to us a month ago, like it seemed like all the divisions were pretty clear winners. Now, like we were idiots. It shows how crazy the NFL is. We were ready to write the season in week four and and how foolish we are. I'm going to go with the saints here. um, Just because I, I, I worry about the breeze injury and, and Winston's, He's not Teddy Bridgewater. Like Teddy Bridgewater is a much, I think he's a better quarterback than Jameis Winston. Um, and, and Jameis Winston, I, I just think he's going to turn the ball over a little bit here and there. And and so I think that the loss of Breeze and just the Bucks kind of knowing who they are now, I'm going to go with the Saints as the most likely division leader to to not be there at the end. But there's a few now. I mean, there's a lot more. The divisions are a lot more open. Like the the Bills are getting tested now. So it, it's fun. Right. I'm going to go with the Colts. You know, they just took the lead. Uh, the Titans are still obviously very close, and I think the Colts, you know, they're going to lose a couple of games here. And the question remains, can Phillip Rivers do enough for that defense to be the main force? And I just don't trust him. So I'm going to go with the Colts. Don't end up on the top of their division. I think the Titans are too close and probably overtake them by season's and all right, we've got two kind of main rushers in pole position for the top of the rushing chart. And if you have not, if you don't know who those two guys are, you haven't been watching football all season uh, so in case that's the case, you know, let me name them Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings, Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans, Dalvin Cook currently top, I believe. And uh, yeah, what do you think? Who do you think ends up on the top between those two? Or do you think it'll be some other else? Yeah, I was, I mean, was, was kind of hoping to be able to pick someone else, but it, it seems unlikely. I think both of them have like over 200 yards over uh third place josh jacobs i I believe josh jacobs is third um so they they seem pretty clearly up top and they're both guys that are so instrumental to the offenses that you know they're going to put up rushing yards substantial rushing yards consistently um derrick henry won the the rushing title last year there hasn't been a back-to-back rushing title winner since 2006 2007 ladanian tomlinson did it it is a a difficult thing to do and i'm going to go with dalvin cook um the guy is just so hot right now I think he's a little more integral to the Minnesota offense, which is crazy to say because we know how important Derrick Henry is. But I think Cook's got a little more mobility. They're able to kind of use him in, in different sort of runs as opposed to Henry being more between the tackles. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook to get his first rushing title. 
Yeah, I'm also going to go Dalvin Cook. I think it's been some time coming since he got in the league. I think he's been great. I think he's just got more opportunity than Derrick Henry. You know, Derrick Henry does well in games that he needs to do well. But, you know, the Titans are – the offense is just structured differently, and, and he doesn't need to be that main threat where Dalvin Cook does. So I think that he has the opportunity to rack up those rushing yards, and he wins his first rushing title. Congratulations, Dalvin Cook. You've you've basically won it. You don't even need to try we're giving you, We're giving you the title right now. We're, we're giving it to you. It doesn't we'll matter it. who wins. Seven to ten business days. All right. Uh, MVP race. It's been back and forth, up and down. Give me your top three, starting at three. Where you got? You know, I, I got two quarterbacks in front that I'm going to say soon. So I, I could have gone with Ben Roethlisberger here, but I didn't want to go all quarterbacks. And I feel like if you're going to do a Pittsburgh player for MVP, I think it has to be defense. Uh, and I went Minka Fitzpatrick. So I got Minka Fitzpatrick. I, he just he that defense was great. But when they traded for him last year, the amount of turnovers they started creating and that's stayed true. So Minka Fitzpatrick, my number three on the MVP list. Right. Well, I was lame and picked three quarterbacks, so this is going to suck. But uh, I went with your boy. I think Aaron Rodgers has been absolutely hot this season. I think he's planted himself in the MVP race. I put him at the number three position and he's going to I mean, I just I just I would love to see an alternative universe where any of these other quarterbacks have to throw. I mean, Devon Adams, fine, but like you know, have had to deal with what he has had to deal with and still be as amazing as he is. So I think Aaron Rodgers at the number three, I'm going to go number two. It's Russell Wilson. I still, I, you know, he falls from his number one perch. You know, he's had two back-to-back bad games. That's not what you want for an MVP. He's going to bounce back. He's still going to be firmly in it. He's having, having an amazing season. He'll get some MVP votes, but he does fall because of those last two games, especially the two interception game with no throwing touchdowns, which is unlikely, uh, you know, kind of uncharacteristic of him against the Rams. But yeah, he is my number two. What about you, buddy? I got uh, Mr. Mahomes. I Russell's done. Russell has actively hurt his team recently. So I got him out of my top three, um, whether that's fair or not, you know, that he's asked to do so much so he can hurt his team sometimes as much as he helps them. So I got Mahomes, and I, I kind of think Mahomes will eventually be my number one. He's so damn good. You know, it, it's the typical, it's the LeBron effect where we're so used to them being so good and dominating that we're like, oh yeah, they're just doing what they should be doing. It, that, But it's still MVP level stuff. Um, and I, and I kind of, right now, I kind of feel like he would be my favorite to, to march on and win it. But he's number two right now in my, in my power rankings of the MVPs. Okay. So then who do you have at your number one? That's where I got my boy. I'm finally going to give him some MVP love. I got Aaron okay. Rodgers top seven and two. They're top of the NFC North. He said, I mean, all year, all offseason, everybody, including me, Packers fans said, man, they need to get Aaron Rodgers some weapons. Didn't get him anything. Then they get into the season and his two dynamic weapons can't stay healthy. Doesn't matter. The guy's throwing it like he used to, you know, a few years ago. He kind of had some tough seasons the last couple, but he's putting up monster numbers touchdowns wise. He, he kind of looks, I mean, he's older, but he's looking more like the old Aaron. And I've got Aaron Rodgers, number one of the MVP race right now. Yeah, I love that. He deserves all the love. Definitely deserves a spot. And uh, number one, I, I'm not, I'm not arguing that. That's a, that's a good choice. Uh, I, I, I got Patrick Mahomes at the number one spot. I think just you know, the other quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers is probably the one that I can't uh, hit on uh, about this. But I just think even though Patrick Mahomes doesn't have that MVP effect where we just expect greatness from him, I still think he's performed up to that level where he's the most consistently great quarterback that's played. I have him at the number one. I think Aaron Rodgers could quickly overtake him. I think Russell Wilson could overtake him if he kind of turns the tide around and does some good stuff in that NFC West division. But for now, the king is still king at the top of the mountain. It's Patrick Mahomes, and I think I just I just meant like the like we as people. I'm I'm not saying that he has to go above and beyond. I'm saying that we when we view it, we don't we don't give him the due credit because they've been so good. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. No, I I know what you meant. Yeah. Okay. It seemed like you were arguing to my point, so I was like, well, not not. Quite oh no no no. no. I, I just mean like we feel he has to go above and beyond for us to even notice that he's going above and beyond because we just expect greatness from him. Is his first season he threw for 50 goddamn touchdowns and the second season won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. It's like (laughs) LeBron James has to score a 50 point triple double for us to care, but he scores triple doubles every other game. It's like, we don't recognize it because we're like, what? Exactly. Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's uh, that's our NFL talk today. We'll see how we do picks wise. We were over five hundred. Will we be over five hundred again? Remains to be seen. I sure hope so. But we're gonna go into a cool down now, and we'll start with historical cool facts. Down. Yes, there it is. There, that's what we need in the gotta cool do down. The cool down part. Gotta, you gotta. We're gonna have a shirt with cool down on it here soon. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Uh, anyway, uh, it's the historical fact of the daytime. Uh, Matt, why don't you start us off? What is your historical fact of the day? Let's see if we offset each other here in terms of history and sports. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you probably, you probably, it's, I had to go with the obvious one. I wanted to go with, um, in 1985, this was the first day that Mikhail Gorbachev and Ronald Reagan met. Um, this was the first time that leaders of the United States and Soviet Union had met, you know, since post-World War II. But kind of have to bring up today. Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, probably the most well-known speech in American history. Uh, the address was actually supposed to be like a pretty short part of the day. It was it was part of them honoring the Soldiers National Cemetery at Gettysburg. There was kind of a bunch of, I don't know, festivities is the right word, but speakers throughout the day. Um, and, and Lincoln was asked to speak, speak kind of just briefly um, to start the, the proceedings and uh, only spoke 20, 275 words. Three minutes, but certainly captured the audience, captured our, you know, it echoes throughout American history, past, present, and future. Uh, one of one of the all-time, you know, most well-known speeches. So on this day, November 19th, 1863, the Gettysburg Address given by President Abraham Lincoln. Yes, I knew you would pick that, which is why I went with a sports one. I have. I, mean, like, it's like, math, I hate when there's an obvious guy. one, though, because then I have to do, like, I'm like, I can't not do the Gettysburg Address, but it's like, right. it's too obvious. Next oh, time we'll have talk to about the Cold War. There you go. Next time. The Cold War can always happen tomorrow. Um, yikes. Um, so this day last year, so this is not too long in history, but it's still history. It's 2019. This day last year, LeBron James scored a triple-double against the Oklahoma City Thunder to become the first player in history to score a triple-double against all 30 franchises. So we were talking LeBron James. Nice segue into that. Congratulations. Only player in history to score a triple-double against all 30 franchises. And this this day last year is when he accomplished it. All right, Matthew. It's been raining uh, the last couple weeks. It hasn't been raining lately, but it will be soon again. Uh, it is fall. It is the weather for rain. It'll be snowing uh, soon, baby. It'll be snowing soon. But uh, in, if you're thinking about a rainy day, who's an artist or what is the song that you like to listen to for the rainy days? This dude, this one was easy for me. I, Jack Johnson. I, I throw on yeah. like banana, banana pan. I threw, put a banana pancakes radio on Spotify and, and just let it go. You know, it's he he's got like such soothing music, but there's still like a beat to it. Like it doesn't like put you to sleep. Trevor Hall is another good one, but uh He's a little more like just chill where Jack Johnson's still like, you know, you're you're like getting things done on a rainy day. So Jack Johnson and, and song wise, Banana Pancakes are the quintessential rainy day music for me. How about you, man? Oh, I, I went with James Blake, an acoustic set by James Blake. Nice. I think, I think that's what I would listen to. I, you know, I like the Killers too on any day. So I think for a rainy day, they're also a good band to listen to. But like James never Blake. Never a bad choice uh, to listen to the Killers. Never. Of course, never a bad choice. Uh, but James Blake, specifically his acoustic cover of A Case of You by Joni Mitchell, just a great, great song to listen to. Uh, and I think that, uh, yeah, I think that it's just a great uh, in, overall that James Blake has so much good music to listen to for a rainy day. We're going to go quick fire questions now for Matthew. You're beautiful. Uh, Yes, it's true. Exactly. It's true. Uh, let's go quick fire questions. That was James Blake uh, here in the studio. Oh my goodness. James, how's it going? Glad you could join us. What are your thoughts? No, he's, you're it's not going to Oh, there you go. I'm going to answer all the quick fire questions as James Blake. I might not ask them then. All right, here we go. Quick fire questions. We're going to go speedy, speedy through these. The Timberwolves, Picked Anthony Edwards with the over one, uh, the number one. Oh, no, over one. The number one overall pick in the draft yesterday. Uh, Anthony Edwards going first. Did the Timberwolves make the right choice in terms of A, picking Anthony Edwards over another player, or B, trading down to get something better for Anthony Edwards? Yeah, I think they made the right choice. I, I think, uh, like I said, I've talked about it before. I just think he fits so well with D'Lo. Like he, he's going to be a slasher. He's not going to have to really stretch the floor as much because even Carl Anthony Towns wants to go out and shoot threes. So I think it's a great place for him. 
like just position wise, I think it's a great place for him because you've got, you know, two guys in, in D'Lo and Cat that will still kind of be running the show. He's not going to be a number one pick where it's like, all right, come save us. And um, I also think like because his maturity has been talked about a lot. And I think D'Angelo Russell is, is, is such a great player for him to be with because we've seen D'Angelo Russell kind of be a young kid in the NBA and, and make some mistakes and learn how to be a professional. So I, I think it was a great pick. I, there was no one else I think that would have fit as well. And I don't think they were, would have gotten anything trade-wise that would have really made it worth it. So, yeah, I think it was a good call by T- the T-Wolves. There you go. T-Wolves made the right call according to Matthew. All right, the Pelicans and the Oklahoma City Thunder, they both have a stockpile of draft picks coming up uh, through the next couple of drafts that will secure their success in a decade's time. Which team will win more championships, the Pelicans or the Thunder, in the next 20 years? I mean, I think... You- Easily the Pelicans because they actually have a superstar. Like you only you only win in the NBA if you have a superstar. Um, I would I don't know how big of a superstar Zion Williams is going to be, but he's there's there's nobody on OKC that you're going to be like, oh yeah, that'll lead them. So they have as many picks, but you don't know where those picks are going to go. The Pelicans have a guy in Zion, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Lonzo Ball that like actually have, have kind of shown to be good NBA players. So I go Pelicans. Pelicans there, Pelicans winning more championships, hopefully winning any championships for that franchise. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure either of them will be hosting up the, the Larry OB, but we'll see. Never know. You never know who ends up making the right moves. All right. The Rams and the Ravens, both six and three, both have shown good things. Both have shown bad things. Matthew, pick a contender and pick a pretender. Which one of these teams is actually going to contend for the Super Bowl and which one of them is actually not going to be anywhere close? I mean, which one has Lamar Jackson? That I know that that offense hasn't looked as good as it did last year. It, it probably wasn't going to. Like I, We talked about it. Like Teams have film on, on Lamar. They didn't have a full offseason to kind of bring in a new sort of offense. They, they need more weapons for him to throw to, but he's still one of the most dynamic players in the league. And Lamar being on your offense, he's, he's going to be able to do stuff that no one else can. Um, the Rams like are, are a solid team, but I I don't think their defense creates enough havoc uh, to like win them a lot of games, and I don't think golf can throw them I- into games to win games. So I, I easily say Ravens are a contender, Rams are, are the pretender there. There you have it. Those are the quick fire questions for Matthew, and we have reached the end of episode twenty four. As always, thanks for joining us. Stay safe. Wear a mask, watch Thursday night football. And Matthew, you have anything to add? No, you know, just uh, get ready for the holidays, folks. I can't wait. Cheers, y'all.